What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Christina Cunningham on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Christina, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Well, thanks, Shelly. I just wanted to say that thanks for having me. And, you know, I listen to all these stories. I'm so sad that we all have a reason to be here. But also, it's, it's good that there is this platform because I know for me, at least the last four months, it's been a great place uh, to find support. And undoubtedly, that has been the most difficult season in my life. So um, like you said, my name's Christina. My husband's name is Chris. And we have been together for, um, we celebrated our five-year anniversary in December. And from the very beginning of our relationship, we always knew that we wanted a family. And then in January of 2018, we decided to start trying. Um, and that for that first year, you know, it was very frustrating to see all the negatives month after month, and it, and I always read, you know, and the research says it could take up two years to get, to get pregnant, and that's, you know, the doctors aren't worried until after you hit that one-year mark, and so between that and I've always had irregular cycles, so um, I kind of gave myself some grace with that and just kind of kept the track, kept the pace, and just kept trying, and, but after that one year mark, we kind of started getting worried, and so I had my um, annual GYN appointment in March of um, 2019, and I went and had told her that we had been trying for over a year, and she immediately offered me Clomid, which kind of took me aback, because I was like, well, we haven't done any testing, like this is so weird, but um, I told her I'd, I really wanted to go back and talk to my husband about it, do some more research before I actually decided. And she's like, that's fine. I'll put in the order. That way, if you just want to go pick it up, if and when you decide to do so. So that's kind of the, how we started out. And when I went home, talked to my husband, and we decided, you know, it couldn't hurt to try. So we went ahead and did one round and I was so hopeful that round um (laughs) I was this is this is our answer this is what's going to work for us and of course the first round didn't work so I was devastated um and so we did two more rounds of Clomid and neither worked and you know I kind of beat myself up at the time because my husband doesn't travel a lot for work but every once in a while he'll go through spurts where he travels a little bit and this just happened to be that time. And so, and it was all like last minute. So it's not, I, you know, I take the Clomid and then he's like, oh, I have to go to Baltimore for a week. And it's like, are, are you serious? <laughs> so um, that kind of threw a wrench in plans. And so after the third round didn't work, we I called my doctor back and said, hey, didn't work. I, I was completely defeated and choking back tears telling her this. And she was like, all right, well, we will schedule a follow-up appointment. And we did that. And that wasn't, um, we weren't planning on meeting with her 
for another five weeks, I think it was, um, but when the time I called, just, you know, scheduling wise, they couldn't get me until then. So I took this as a sign to slow down. We decided, Chris and I decided that we needed this break mental, mentally, physically. It was just probably a good time to take this break because we weren't going to be able to do anything anyway um, until we talked to the doctor. So the only thing that we actually did uh, was schedule Chris to get some testing done for male infertility factors um, just so we would have that by the time we went back for our checkup. And so if we fast forward a little bit um, to the Tuesday before we, so the appointment was on a Friday, the Tuesday before that appointment, uh, my, I, I woke up, you know, probably like an hour and a half before my alarm went off for work and I just kept tossing and turning and all I could think about was I, I need to take a pregnancy test and I tried talking myself out of it. I was like, because we haven't been trying, like it'll just be another um, punch to the gut. Like I'm not going to do that to myself. <laughs> so, but I ended up taking one anyway <laughs> and I truly expected it to be negative. Um, but the timer went off because I set a timer for the, to look at the test. That way I don't sit there watching the line get darker or not. <laughs> and I looked at it and, it was the faintest positive. And because it was so faint, I had, you know, I was like, is this real? Is this can't be real? It's like, we haven't been trying. Uh, so I, I just, I couldn't believe it. And um, I wanted, before I told Chris, because Chris was scheduled for his blood work the following day. And of course, like if we're actually pregnant, I didn't want him going to that meeting or to that appointment. So but I couldn't tell him not to go and not tell him why. So uh, at, I went to work and I sat in the parking lot and waited till eight o'clock for my doctor's office to open. I immediately called them to see when I could come in to get a, see if they would order a blood test um, just to confirm everything. And they did. And I immediately went, like I didn't even go into work that morning. Um, I went straight to get the blood drawn. While I was getting my blood drawn, I asked them, I said, hey, like, how long does this normally take and to get the results back? And she said, well, um, since you're here first thing in the morning, hopefully something will be up on your chart by the, this afternoon. So this, the afternoon came and there wasn't anything on my chart. So I called the doctor's office. Of course, they're not answering. So I was like, are, are you kidding me? Like, I can't tell my husband to not go to this appointment or cancel the appointment, but I also, you know, so anyway, but um, then since I couldn't get a hold of them and then, you know, the office closed at that point and I decided, you know what, this morning I saw the line, I'm pregnant until proven otherwise. So um, of course with, we had been trying for a year and a half to get pregnant. So I had all these, all this time to think of all the cute ways that I was going to tell Chris that we were pregnant um, and I decided that I was going to I went to I think it was Home Depot and I got some caution tape and the room that we had decided was going to be the future nursery I wrapped the door up in caution tape and I made a poster that said um, caution nursery under construction opening April 2020 and so I got that all ready and 
my husband usually works second shift and that night was no exception. So I had texted him and said, Hey, when you, when are you planning on getting off work? And he was like, Oh, well, I should be leaving here around midnight. And so after I had everything set up, I, there was no way I was going to be able to stay up till midnight, <laughs> but I wanted to catch his reaction on video. So I set an alarm for about a 11 or I set alarm for midnight because it took him probably about half hour 45 minutes to get home usually after he left work so that way I had time to wake up and get everything ready and so I went to bed and then all of a sudden the next thing I know he Chris is home and he's like shaking me awake and saying is it true are, are you serious are you really pregnant and you know I th first thought that I had was oh crap I slept through my alarm <laughs> like and I don't have this on video and like I was so mad but uh turns out that he got home at midnight and didn't leave work at midnight so I was like you little stinker but <laughs> so everything turned out great um we were still super excited and um of course I didn't get that reaction video but the it, it was still memorable nonetheless um so, and then I told him, obviously, like, hey, you don't need to go get your testing done, and we don't have to go to that appointment on Friday. So, we were real excited about that, and for once, it just felt like everything was right in the world for a change, and at least it felt like it. So, and throughout, you know, the next couple weeks and months, um, I had a normal pregnancy, had the fatigue, all-day sickness. Um, everything, no concerns at all. all. All the appointments went fine. We had the silly arguments of whether or not we were going to find out the gender. And, you know, at first we were both like, we're not, we're not going to find out. So um, as time went on, my, my husband's not very patient and not very, he, uh, he just can't keep a secret or he wants to know everything that he can. So I eventually said, you know what, We'll go to, we have a historic vision center. It's kind of like a boutique um, ultrasound place that we went to. And I was like, well, we'll at least get a few more ultrasound pictures and we'll find out what we're having. And I'm so glad we did that. Um, looking back now, um, just because because of that appointment, we the only, if we wouldn't have had that appointment, the only picture we would have had was our like dating ultrasound. So we got this, that was probably, I was probably, when we had the appointment, probably 15, 16 weeks along, um, and they weren't going to do my anatomy scan until 20, 20 weeks, so um, we got to know a little bit early, and like I said, I was so glad that we found, that we did that, because that gave us a couple of extra weeks to grow closer to our son, and um, it just made it a little bit more special, I think. And so, and another thing I wanted to mention that this whole entire pregnancy, like, of course we were excited, but I always had this like looming thought in the back of my head that I wasn't going to be able to bring this baby home. And it was so, like, I got so anxious about it that I wouldn't even let myself buy something like a diaper bag or a onesie or even a diaper like all of the innocent things that you know no matter if we had this baby or not or if we had another baby we would be able to use it right so there was no reason I shouldn't have been able to but I just couldn't let myself do that and 
it's just eerie thinking about that because knowing what happened. But if we fast forward to December 4th, I was at work and I went to the bathroom and just as I was about done, I heard a pop and there was a gush. And I was like, well, that was weird. And, you know, it was my first pregnancy. I didn't, I was like, well, maybe that's normal. I was like, maybe the baby just moved and, you know, my bladder emptied for, you know, I finally felt like it was some kind of relief. And there wasn't a weird discharge or smell to it. And I wasn't in any pain. So I was like, well, it was just kind of weird. Maybe I'll just keep an eye on it. But the rest of the afternoon, like, I, I kept feeling a, like I was uncontrollably being myself. So I called the doctor's line, and nobody answered, and so I left a message. And I knew when I left the message that they always say that we'll get back to you within one business day. So I was like, you know what? I, I don't feel weird. Like, it's just a weird thing that happened. Like, I'm not in any pain. It'll be fine until they call me back. So they didn't end up calling me back that afternoon because I'd probably called around 3.30 and they didn't get back to me until the next morning. And when the nurse called me, she I gave her my um, story of what happened. And she seemed a little bit concerned, but like trying to keep calm. But it didn't seem like she was urgently trying to get me in to be seen either. So I was just a little bit confused. But she asked me when my next appointment was, and it wasn't for another like week and a half. So she's like, well, since your appointment is a week and a half away, let's just, on, to be on the safe side, have you come in, we'll test to make sure it wasn't amniotic fluid. And I was like, okay. So I was driving to my appointment, called my husband and said, hey, I don't know if there's anything to worry about right now, um, but I'm going to the doctor to get a test done. And he immediately asked, he was like, well, I'm on my way to work, but do you need me to come? And I said, well, I was like, I hate for you to be late to work. I was like, but in the slight chance that something's wrong, I'm not going to be able to handle it by myself. I'll need you to be there. So without question, he uh, came to the doctor's office or, or switched his route to be on his way to the doctor's office. And so I got to the doctor's office myself and they took me back. The medical assistant did all of her questions and workup and the doctor came in and, you know, she, she uh, found the heartbeat that made me feel really great, like looked and everything looked fine. And then she did the test um, and she left the room. And Chris, my husband still wasn't there yet. And he had texted me while she was going to do the test and um, so he was on his way. So I peeked my head out the door and it just so happened that he was walking down the hallway and the doctor had turned around and was on her way back as well. And they ran into each other. and. She came back and she was like, well, she was like, I'm sorry that you just showed up. She was like, but everything looks fine and what, every, everything is normal. Um, so she sent us on our way. And at that point, I was like, well, at least I have the peace of mind knowing that nothing's wrong. Um, so that night, though, I started having a lot of lower back pain. Um, but I thought because I was... Um, I had to plan to go to a cookie exchange the next day and I was baking all night and getting a lot of stuff ready and I was like well maybe it's just because I've had a long day and I've been up baking all night like I've probably just been on my feet too long so I didn't think anything of it and went to bed and then the next morning I woke up and I was still I still had a lot of back pain and I really felt nauseous and I was like well maybe I'm just getting a stomach bug um, 
and I kind of felt constipated on top of it. I was like, maybe that's just it. Like, I don't need to be worried. Like, I'll just go into work. And um, Chris asked me if I was sure. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll at least try to make it till lunchtime. And if I'm still feeling bad, then I'll take the rest of the day off. So um, I went to work and by 8.05, I knew that I was like, I've got to go home. Like, I, I can't stay. And so I wrapped up a few things that I had to at work and I left. Um, and on my way home, like the, the back pain really started getting a lot worse. Um, my stomach started cramping a little bit. And I, again, I thought it was constipation. Um, but there was at one point I was at a light and the, the pain became so bad that I like stood up in my seat. And I was like, well, that's not normal. But again, I was at the doctor 24 hours ago and everything was fine. So I was talking myself out of it. I was like, I don't need to go to the doctor. I'm fine. Everything was fine yesterday. I heard the heartbeat, nothing to worry about. I was like, I'm just got a little bug and some constipation. So I went home and laid down. I was like, I'm just going to try to sleep this off. So I was, I got home around 930 that morning and I just kept like, cat napping essentially because I would fall asleep and then a couple minutes later I would wake up in pain and then between that running back and forth to the bathroom um I didn't get very much quality sleep but um and I did that for about two hours and the probably around 11 40 I went into the bathroom and I was like all right this feels like I'm going to get this constipation is going to pass this time and it'll all be good. And then as soon like I felt something happening and I was like, that's not, I'm not going to the bathroom. I was like something, there's something coming out. And at that point I was like, Oh no. (laughs) And I immediately knew it was happening and ended up um, giving birth on the toilet. And I remember hearing, his head, only what I can imagine his head being, or his head hitting the toilet. And um, so I immediately, after I realized what was going on, I, I called Chris and I just said, I just gave birth. And he was like, what? And I was like, I just gave birth to Graham, our son. And he had me repeat it several times like he couldn't believe it and eventually he was like all right call 911 i'll meet you at the hospital and so i did i called 911 and the dispatcher i know she was just doing her job but some of the questions she was asking me she i told her i was like i'm 19 weeks and five days pregnant and i just gave birth and she was like well can you do cpr on him and i was like he's still attached with his umbilical cord. And I was like, there's no way unless I turn myself into a human pretzel that I could even do that. And I was like, he hasn't been breathing this entire time. And she's asking me to stick my finger in the back of his throat to make sure there's nothing back there. And I was like, even the tip of my pinky won't fit in his tiny mouth. And I I don't know if she just wasn't understanding or, um, or what, but, um, and then she had also asked me, she was like, is the front door unlocked? Can they just come through the front door? And I said, no, the 
it's not. And of course, with my luck, the our garage door keypad had recently stopped working. So, you know, in my head, I was like, the only way they're going to be able to get in, get in is if they force entry. And in my head, like that was like the worst thing that could happen. So looking back, I can't even believe I did this, but I got a towel and was holding Graham and went downstairs and unlocked the front door and went back up to the bathroom waiting for them. And I don't know how I did that. It must have, the only thing I can say is it must have been adrenaline. Um, but I waited for them and they were there probably within seven or eight minutes. It was pretty quick. Um, and as soon as they got there, they got Graham situated, got, cut his umbilical cord and took him off to see if there was anything they could do. Um, in the meantime, they were cleaning me up and they got me into the ambulance. And I'll never forget the EMT in the back of the ambulance. They shut the doors and he looked at me and he said, honey, I'm so sorry. And there was nothing that I could do. And the entire time all of this was happening, I knew that there was no way that he would have survived anyway. But hearing it said out loud completely just crushed me. And he asked me if I wanted to hold him. And of course I did without question. And I just held him the entire route to the hospital. And of course, um, with my luck, every route out ended up being blocked in some way. Um, there was a couple ways out of our subdivision and the one went underneath an underpass underneath a train track, but it's got a low clearance. So yeah, ambulance doesn't even try that route. And the next route we tried to take was the part where the train goes over. And then of course the train, there was a train coming at that point. So we got all the way down Then they had to turn back around and go like the longest way possible to the hospital. And we finally get there and they open the doors and my husband's at the end of the ambulance. And I don't know how he got there that fast. He, he was like 40 minutes, 40 minutes to an hour away at work. And he still managed to beat us um, to the hospital. But so they start taking me in and as they're wheeling me into labor and delivery, the EMT that was in the back of the ambulance with me, walked up to my husband and said, are you, the, are you dad? And Chris said, yeah, and the EMT just gave him the biggest hug and pulled him in and said, you need to be right here with her. And we walked all the way back to the room. And the rest of the day is kind of a blur, but um, I remember the, I didn't quite care for our nurse. Um, there was just something about her, and I don't, I don't know if she was just uncomfortable in the situation or what. But um, at one point, we were, she was going over the paperwork because they're like, "Well, if you don't deliver the placenta, we'll have to do a DNC." And she was explaining all this stuff. And at one point, she says, "Oh, you were 19 weeks and five days." She's like, "Oh, well." I guess the good thing is, is since you weren't 20 weeks yet, there's a lot less paperwork 
And for some, I was like, that's seriously how you're making this all better? Tell me, oh, you weren't 20 weeks. There's a lot less paperwork. And that just struck a wrong chord with me. But my doctor came in and she was everything I could have asked for, empathetic, caring, um, patient. And, you know, she kind of made up a little bit for what the nurse had said. You know, she was like, you know, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. She's like, um, you know, they medically speaking, this is considered a miscarriage. She's like, but I want you to know everything that you just went through was nothing like a miscarriage she's like you just gave birth to your son and she's like I'm so sorry that we refer to it and it's so insensitive to call it a miscarriage and um so again I just loved loved my doctor that had helped that day and she was she was great um a little bright spot in the day I guess if they're was one. Um, and so we were able to spend the rest of the day with Graham and um, all of our parents were there and got to hold him and the, I kind of regret, the only thing I actually regret is like I didn't get pictures with them with him. Um, but I guess that was the last thing on my mind at that point. But um, we and the doctors gave us the option. They're like, you can stay as long as you need to. Um, you can stay overnight. Like, we're, we're not rushing you out of here. And um, even though they gave me that option, I, I just couldn't bear to stay overnight. Um, and my husband agreed. Um, we couldn't stay. And, but that meant that we had to leave him at the hospital. And that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do is leave him but I knew especially as it got to be later and later that his body had already started started decaying and I couldn't imagine staying there overnight to see what it was going to be like in the morning so eventually we did leave um and I ended up taking about a week and a half off and off of work and it wasn't nearly enough time, but my husband went to work. Um, he started working from home a little bit around the one week mark. And um, when he actually started going to work, I knew that I was like, I can't sit at home all day by myself. I'll just go crazy in my thoughts. And so I decided to go back. But within the weekend, the week that we had off together, um, we got all of our Christmas shopping done, which you know, gave us time to do that. And we uh, planned at least one thing to get us out of the house every day. And, you know, they never, at least I don't remember them ever preparing me for um, what would happen after I had the baby because they were like, well, you were still pretty early. So we don't know if all this is going to happen. But there was one day that we had planned to get a massage we got a couple's massage and it was it was great and at the end I was getting dressed and I had noticed that my boobs looked rather like 
big. I was like, well, that's weird. I was like, my whole entire pregnancy, I didn't even notice them getting bigger. And all of a sudden now, now they're going to start getting bigger. And then at that moment, they started to leak. And I was like, my milk just came in. Here I am in the bathroom of the spa. And I couldn't put my clothes on fast enough to get out of there. And Chris was taking a little bit longer to um, get ready. And as soon as he came out to the lobby, he says, everything okay? And I said, not really, but let's go out. And I had told him. And he, he didn't even know what to say or what to do. And quite frankly, I didn't either because I was like, well, what do I do now? Um, and I, for a split second, thought, well, maybe I could pump and you know donate the milk for people in need but I don't know that I could have mentally handled that so I decided not to and called the doctor and they said well go get some cabbage leaves and put put them in the fridge and use those and those should help so but every like I said they don't prepare you for everything because you basically you, you give birth and you're going to have everything that comes along with the postpartum but you don't have a baby to care for and it's just a constant reminder and it sucks but uh so now we're just kind of trying to figure out our new normal these days and this month has been especially hard because I was due on the 26th of April and just thinking about that date coming up it it really I'm dreading it because we had originally planned like we're like all right well we're gonna get out of town that weekend and we had planned a trip to California for that weekend and obviously with everything with the coronavirus going on we can't do that so we're trying to figure out what if anything we can do um so We'll see how that goes but um, now it's kind of like well we have to decide when and if we're going to start trying again and um, in the whole midst of everything like we've completely turned our lives upside down after this um, we decided to sell our house and we moved um, just because of everything that was so traumatic about that experience like happened in our master bed and bathroom um, so that was the best decision for us at the time was to sell the house and we're in an apartment for now and I told him I was like I'm never moving again um, after we find our next house I was like because I'm tired because we moved several times over the last few years like with us being together and I was like after this next move it's got to be the perfect house because I refuse to move again but um so, yeah, like I said, we're trying to figure out our new normal and figure out what the next steps are, but that's kind of our story. And My um, first loss due date was April 26th as well. Oh. So I can I share that date with you. It's a hard one. <laughs> It's, it's hard. <laughs> I'll be thinking of you that day for sure. Yeah, right back at you. Um, gosh, goodness. When you said that, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I feel for you. Um, 
I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, probably to let yourself grieve wherever, whenever you need to. Um, I know for me, especially like when I went back to work, I always felt like I had to like run off to the bathroom or run off to my car um, to, because I needed a moment. And, you know, everyone around me understood what was going on. I had told everybody at work and, but I always felt like I had to protect them from seeing me being upset because I didn't want them to feel like they had to comfort me. And you just have to remember also that their reaction or their response to your grief is not your, it's not your problem. I guess for a lack of a better word, but it's not your responsibility, I guess is what I want to say. It's not your responsibility for their reaction. Um, but yeah, so grieve the way you need to grieve and don't apologize for it. Yes. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, I have an Instagram that you can link in the show notes and you can reach out to me on there. Um, your direct messaging and I'd be willing to talk with anybody. Um, and give them advice or just a person to talk to. Thank you so much, Christina, for jumping on and sharing your story, especially it's very fresh for you. And this, yeah, the second you said at the beginning of the episode that your due date was in April, I was like, oh man, this is probably not an easy month (laughs) for you. Uh, Those due dates, just dates are, they're a lot for us women who have gone through loss. Yeah, they are definitely. And I thought, I thought for sure my next date that I was going to be freaking out about was the Mother's Day next month. Yeah. No, it's going to be the entire month of April. So. Yeah. Well, I feel for you and I just appreciate you jumping on, sharing your story, being relatable for other women as well uh, in the healing process and keep in touch. I wish you the best of luck and you'll have to keep me posted on your journey and just kind of everything that goes on I'm here for you if you ever need to just chat absolutely thanks so much Shelly we'll talk soon sounds good thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories tag myself tag my guest so that we can personally thank you this is a lamb fam you guys we're not in this alone we're creating this ripple effect together